Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. A little fiery clip from the debate. The two voices you're going to hear. The female is Nikki Haley, former ambassador to the U.N. and Governor of South Kakalaki. And uh, the other guy is Vivek Rhymes with Cake Ramaswamy. Nikki, I wish you well in your future career on the boards of Lockheed and Raytheon. You know, I'm not on but the, the fact of the matter, and uh, and you know, Boeing you came off of it, but you've been pushing this lie. You've been pushing this lie all you week, want Nikki. To go and defund Israel, this, you want to okay, get let me address that. I'm glad you brought you that up. Go and give you I'm going to address Russia. each of those right now. You this is the false lies of a professional politician. There you have it. So the reality is, let's say you have no foreign policy experience, and it shows. And you know what? The foreign policy experience that you all have and see that the thing that bothers me about that is his response was worth hearing whether you agree it with it or not but the crowd drowned it out so yeah. i mean what kind of luckily like in high school debates or lincoln douglas debate lincoln said something else about slavery but it got drowned out by the crowd i mean what <laughs> Yeah, on substance, Vivek is, uh, there are some things I agree with, some things I disagree with. You all probably have a different point of view with that. It's, and there are some actually substantive issues. I disagree with him so strongly. Uh, he's off my radar screen, but it's his manner that I find so off-putting. Two well, descriptions of it. A lot of people thought he had, he bettered himself over the night. So maybe they aren't as off-put by his manner as you are. I don't know. Well, they're wrong, and they're fools, and I say that with an open heart and mind. Um, uh, two descriptions, one my own. Vivek seems like he's selling me a 10-class seminar on getting rich by flipping houses using his patented system. Too slick. Sorry. And then this from John. Guys, even though I tend to like him, I realized why he puts me off at times. He has that annoying shot-out-of-a-cannon YouTube TikTok influencer energy. Of course... <laughs> 
I'm as old as dirt, so maybe it's not as annoying to those 30 years younger. Right. <laughs> right, John. And that uh, is well a, said, John. That is a real thing. <laughs> if you're under the age of, I don't know what it would be, 45, you're used to that shot out of a cannon energy. Because everything's coming at you like that all day long. It's like you're always objecting to the way they edit TikTok videos, so there are no pauses between sentences. It's like, whoa, slow down. <laughs> <laughs> right. I do know from taking in some punditry late last night, that in the room, it seemed pretty clear the other candidates hated Vivek, just yes. hated him. And during one of the breaks, uh, one pundit caught Chris Christie walking over to DeSantis, and they felt like they could kind of combine here, read the lips of just like DeSantis saying to, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, Chris Christie saying to DeSantis, can you believe this effing guy over here? Just like kind of commiserating over yeah. how much they hated Vivek. Having watched it live, that rings true. <laughs> Yes, there was real tension in the room because one of, well, you know what, I'll bet I could find it pretty quickly. One of his first lines was uh, number 42, Michael. I'm the only person on the stage who isn't bought and paid for, so I can say this. The climate change agenda is a hoax. The climate change agenda is a hoax. And we have to declare independence for it. That was a weird angle. He has steered so into the, I'm a brash outsider, I don't give a damn, and everybody else is a crook. That's uh, fine, but, I mean, everybody in the Republican Party, for the most part, is well-known as not being, like, hugely into the whole climate change thing. Well, not only that, but, um, yeah, it's an odd thing to accuse them right. of. yeah. Uh, but to stand there and look at Tim Scott and say you're bought and paid for? Dude, hey, mind your P's and Q's. Ron DeSantis, whatever you think of him, he's a successful two-term now, more or less, governor of, of Florida, one in a landslide. Um, okay, you're going to make him out to be a crook, too? Okay. Well, you know, it's, it's his candidacy. He'll run it the way he wants. I think we wanted uh, 51. Is that right? Let's hear that one. It's Ron DeSantis speaking of the man. I'm not going to send troops to Ukraine, but I am going to send them to our southern border. When these drug pushers are bringing fentanyl across the border, that's going to be the last thing they do. We're going to use force and we're going to leave them stone cold dead. We're we're actually going to move on to China. We're going to talk about China. Hmm. DeSantis in some way uh, was open to drone strikes in Mexico the other day. I didn't hear it in context, so. It's an idea. Just throwing it out there. <laughs> it is something to think about. It is yeah. an idea. Uh, this was of zero political uh, policy impact, but it was kind of fun uh, with a little follow-up from the history books. Michael, just 34, 5, and 6, back to back to back. We need to send Joe Biden back to his basement and reverse American decline. <laughs> That is not the right clip. So first, let me just address a question that is on everybody's mind at home tonight. Who the heck is this skinny guy with a funny last name, and what the heck is he doing in the middle of this debate stage? I'll tell you, I'm not a politician, Brett. You're right about that. No, wait. Hold on, hold on. I've had enough. I've had enough already tonight of a guy who sounds like ChatGPT standing up here. And... The last person in one of these debates, Brett, who stood in the middle of the stage and said, what's a skinny guy with an odd last name doing up here was Barack Obama, and I'm afraid we're dealing with the same type of amateur standing on stage tonight. Come on, give me a hug. <laughs> give me a hug just same, like you did to Obama. The same type of amateur. And, and you'll help. 
the hope of a mill worker's son who dares to defy the odds, the hope of a skinny kid with a funny name who believes that America has a place for him too. Yeah, there's there's a lot to unpack there. Um, Obama! I don't quite get the sounds like chat GPT blast. What does that mean? And the crowd mm. roared and was like, what? what? I'm not, I don't get it. Uh, just kind of spouting sales pitches. Does that, and is that sounding what, like an AM disc jockey in 1974, well, that, by the way. That blast would have worked better, but yeah. the chat GPT, does it spout? I don't even know what that means. But, um... And then the whole... You know, it's funny, because it, I was like, yeah, I think. <laughs> right, right. It doesn't matter why it worked. It's art, Jack. It's art. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah, kind of something. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I'm with him for reasons I can't identify. <laughs> and then the whole... I mean, I immediately recognized that. I remembered Obama using that line many times yeah. Yeah. when he was up and coming, the skinny kid with the big ears and the weird last name. And Ramaswamy using it, and I kind of thought, huh, it's kind of interesting that you did the. Was that like a nod to Obama or or plagiarism? It's Joe Biden like plagiarism. But I don't feel like calling him out on the fact that Obama said that too is a blast either. I don't. Oh, they're the same. He's clearly a Muslim <laughs> or something or a liberal. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of silly too. Well, there are Hindus and Hindons, and maybe that was a Hindon. At some point. And and his opening comment uh, was about his uh, his family and his business success and the fact that he is a uh, a, a, a religious man. At some point, because I don't think many Republican voters realize, yes, he is a religious man. He's a religious Hindu, which is fine. I respect anybody's faith as long as it doesn't hurt anybody else. It's up to you and I between you and God. Know about a vegetarian in the White House. Well, there's that. Uh, but how many voter Republican voters realize that, do you suppose? Uh, the, the, for people paying attention, I guess it's been a, a bit of a topic. The evangelical world was aware of it. Okay. Interesting. Um, and he's been trying to court that crowd. But no, I don't think most people are aware of it at all. I don't know. If, do people care? A lot of the things that pundits think we care about, we don't care about. So I don't well know. Well said. Well said indeed. And just because I think it's really good writing, one more time from John, he finds Vivek off-putting because he has that annoying shot-out-of-a-cannon YouTube TikToker influencer energy. (laughs) He definitely does, which you might have to have in the future. I wonder if you do. I think perhaps you do. Yes, you do. That's right. Yes. Game show hostess. I don't know. It's just like I said, I feel like I'm constantly being sold something. And I realize that's what politicians do, but he just has that vacuum salesman at the state fair energy (laughs) that I can't get past. He's almost a billionaire. I don't know. Vacuum salesman seems a little dismissive. Uh, Aggressive and glib. Uh, And, uh, you know, his history, and he's unquestionably successful at it. He set goals. He achieved them. There's nothing to criticize there. He's an extremely bright guy. He was the salesman of the tech stuff he was involved with. He was the guy who would get out there, spread enthusiasm, and get people to open their checkbooks. And he was brilliantly successful at it. Um, Again, I just feel like I'm being sold by an aggressive used car salesman. Yes, Michael? If he goes up in the polls, do you think the other candidates are going to start talking like him? (laughs) No, I don't think they will. I hope not. I do think he will go up in the polls. Um... 
so that's a question. If Trump... I predict, merely because it's fun to have contrasting predictions, I predict he's had his moment and his annoying demeanor will drag him down in the polls before too long. Let's all find out together. It's going to be hard to measure because they're all so low. They're practically down at margin of error territory. Again, sucking the fun out of it like you always do. (laughs) Which is the point I was going to make about Trump is so far ahead. I mean, it's just crazy. So I was going to ask, if Trump... This ain't going to happen. But if Trump disappeared from the scene, he'd have to die for this to, for this scenario to work. Because uh, as um, Lon Or Heed, the crooked uh, uh, Justice Department would have to slink into Mar-a-Lago in the dark of night and say, hey, we'll cut you a deal. I mean, Lon He Chen said this morning, even if he gets convicted and thrown in jail, I think he still wins the nomination. So, uh, but so in this scenario, somehow spaceship takes him off. He drops dead. <laughs> Too much Kentucky Fried Chicken. Whatever. Who do you think wins at that point? Because you do have the biggest number of voters that would have to go shopping. You, so you can't just take a look at the current polls and say, well, DeSantis currently is in the lead, so it would probably be him followed by... Because he got that biggest chunk, like the 30%. They got to go shopping. They got to vote for somebody. Yeah, the Trump 35, yeah, 37%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you're right, because it wouldn't merely be the other two-thirds of Republican primary voters. Yeah. Uh, that would be an interesting dynamic. I'd say. I think it would be, you know, DeSantis-Haley. Um, and I don't know why not Haley-DeSantis. You know, South Carolina is a small state. She did, I think, served one term and actually left a little early to become a U.N. ambassador. I think. I Don't quote me on that. I don't know. Um but for whatever reason, DeSantis Haley, I think. You don't win. think Vivek would take the bulk of the Trump votes added to the stuff he's already got? I can't tell you you're wrong. He might. Well, we're probably not going to find out. So. Mm, or will we? I don't know. Trump, did you? The pictures of Trump that came out a couple of weeks ago, all the Trump hating media has been using these pictures of him at the golf course a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Somehow. He does. He plays golf every day, but somehow he doesn't let a lot of pictures of him playing golf come out. I mean, a bunch of pictures came out a couple weeks ago, and he did not look good. He looked very old, very fat. Hmm. He looks completely different than he does when he's you know made up and in his suit. Why did I bring that up? I had a reason. Oh, his health. He he is a, he is a really old fat guy. I mean, there that's true. Yeah, true enough. He's had excellent medical care. Who eats poorly and he hardly does. ever sleeps. And theoretically, he's under mind-blowing amounts of stress. Although his doctor, who who uh, gave him a physical, said he is the healthiest human being he'd ever seen. <laughs> Dr. Nick, please. Hi. Hello, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Quote-unquote doctor, don't, please. Yes, Michael. <laughs> he didn't look as bad as Rudy in shorts. Yeah, yeah. was that real, that picture? Rudy Giuliani was, in the baggiest shorts I've ever was, seen in my life. That was a real picture of him on the golf course, Rudy Giuliani? <laughs> well, okay. All right. Well, you know, we're all going to get old someday. Uh, Stay with us. Armstrong and Getty. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market. 
as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So we got this text. Not today. I've got a bunch of stuff to do around the house. So I assume they texted the wrong person. They meant to send that to somebody. Should, should I respond? Well, then we're no longer friends, or <laughs> I want a divorce. <laughs> How about I respond? I want a divorce then, or something. How about watch your back? <laughs> Wow, that is funny. (laughs) Came across this uh, piece by Drew Holden writing for the Free Beacon. Kamala Harris is rebooting her vice presidency. No, seriously this time. But I find Kamala Harris, Kamala Harris, the name rings a bell. Michael, can you remind us uh, who she is? She speaks in uh, in rhyme. uh, It's weird. It's weird. The bus will go here and then the bus will go there because that's what buses do. It's weird. Today, the business of our work is for the council to report on the work that has occurred since our last meeting across these areas. (laughs) The bus will go here, the bus will go there. This issue of transportation is fundamentally about just making sure that people have the ability to get where they need to go. There you go. Wow, that's incisive. Uh, And so what he's talking about, and it's not exactly... (laughs) A news flash that the uh, the mainstream media is wildly bent toward the Democratic Party, but he went to the trouble of assembling all of this stuff. He's talking about the fact that Kamala Harris is once again rebooting her historically unpopular vice presidency, and as usual, the mainstream media are here for it. Politico on Monday published a nearly 2,000-word profile of Harris as she supposedly put the rockiness behind her and shows America the real Kamala. And he quotes it at, at some length. And he writes, Kamala 4.0, Kamala has been stepping up, taking center stage, finding her voice, and hitting her stride as a progressive Amazon for the past few months, according to headlines. New York Times, Kamala Harris takes on forceful new role in the 24 campaign. Washington Post, Kamala Harris seems to be stepping up to her 24 role. 
CNN. Kamala Harris takes center stage in Biden re-election campaign's rapid response to GOP. Politico. Why Kamala Harris is a better VP than you think. CNN. Kamala Harris has found her voice on abortion rights in the year after Dobbs. Now she's making it central to her 24 message. Vanity Fair. Kamala Harris's 2024 role crystallizes around abortion rights. Time. Joe Biden finally gets it. Kamala Harris is the key to 2024. Wow. Bloomberg, Kamala Harris is finding her stride as the Team Biden's voice to black voters. New York, abortion rights finally gets Kamala Harris, gives Kamala Harris a chance to lead CNN, the battle, and there are a few more. But that's not her first reboot. In between her cringeworthy public appearances and damning leaks from her media, the media has been anticipating her vice presidential, presidential comeback since at least early last year. This is from early last year. Washington Post, Harris' team looks to Course changes to reset her political prospects. LA Times, Vice President Kamala Harris is making changes, but don't call it a reboot. Politico, she was zoomed out. Veep mulls escape from DC bubble. Then they go back to two years ago, her big reboot that the media wrote about and wrote about and wrote about. Hilarious. Good luck with that. Keep trying. <laughs> Watch more on the way. Hope you can stick around, grab the podcast if you miss it. Armstrong and Getty. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I'm going to play a sound for you in a couple of seconds that some of you may recognize. Is it like a? Is this like a contest, a game show? I love this. One of those. Do we can, have to guess? Or if you can identify the uh, the sound, you get tickets to a. <laughs> Jason Benatar concert. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Coming up, the weirdest thing you've ever heard about Japanese taxation. Mm. I know what you're thinking. 
I don't know a damn thing about Japanese taxation. You crank. I guarantee this will amuse and fascinate you. Well, it's another foreign tax talk Thursday, so I expected it coming <laughs> at some point. Um, I don't boy, know. boy, Belgium capital gains taxes. Woo, we'll get into that as well. Stay with so, us. So the most popular vehicle in America by far and has been for like my entire adult life is the Ford F-150, right? Well, Correct. The, the current Ford F-150s are putting out a weird sound for some reason. I don't know if I can make. Here. And yeah, I've uh, heard it heard as a, uh, described as a high pitched sound coming out of the like the speakers or something or. Yeah, uh, ear-piercing sound that comes out of the speakers, according to the Wall Street Journal. I don't think they mean, like, pierced ears. <laughs> like your eardrums. And uh, and in some cases, it just... it. Uh, one guy said he thought somebody had hit a golf ball through his back window because he lives near a golf course because it sounded like shattering glass and it was so loud. Wow. But then he realized it was coming out of the speaker and he was able to turn it down. But some drivers, and this is in the 2022 Ford F-150s, I guess, some drivers are saying they couldn't get they couldn't turn the sound off and it kept going even when the car was off. They had to get out of the car. It was so loud. What um, the heck? Does anybody have a clue? They haven't nailed down exactly what's going on yet. But just so if that has happened to you, um, it's it's a thing right now. Don't question your sanity nor your hearing. Right. Or don't feel like, you know, your car's about to explode, it wouldn't seem. Or you've been attacked by, you know, the same people that brought down Pergosian's plane or anything like that. <laughs> or bees or anything. Or yeah. bees. <laughs> right. All right. Interesting. Welcome to Numazu, Japan. In an effort to secure more tax revenue, this coastal city, which is near Mount Fuji, very scenic, is offering free welding lessons. Okay, you have no interest in welding? How about a Porsche test drive, some live koi, or a large bundle of toilet paper? Still not interested? How about serving as mayor for a day? They seem like odd choices from different categories. Would you like to learn to weld or a whole bunch of toilet paper? (laughs) And unconnected with the paying of taxes. Why, Joe, what are you talking about? Japan, believe it or not, has a system that enables taxpayers to redirect some of their local taxes to towns or cities where they don't live in return for swag. <laughs> how crazy is that? Okay, explain to me how that works. Well, if you decide, you know, I live here in, you know, Pleasantville, Japan, but over in Oakton, Japan, they'll give you welding lessons for paying local taxes. So I'm going to pay my local taxes to Oakton, and you re- can receive a gift or other token of gratitude in exchange. It began as an effort to help rural places that were losing population, but it's devolved into this cutthroat battle between municipalities dangling gifts to attract enough taxes to maintain their public services. Uh, Some of the... Whoops, that's right. I'm recharging my mouse. It's over here. My mouse was uncharged. Um... Almost 9 million taxpayers took part in the system last year, the most since it began about 15 years ago. Under the rules, the typical taxpayer can redirect roughly 20% of essentially their their income tax, it's called residence taxes, uh, to other local governments, which can then spend about 30% of that on the swag. So if I give my $1,000 to Oakton instead of Pleasantville, Oakton can spend $300 on swag that I get for directing my taxes to them. 
Isn't that crazy? Interesting idea. You know, it made me think of something, a serious topic, which I thought I was done thinking about last night's debate. How in a Republican debate do you get on off on all these ridiculous topics about things that Republicans don't care about, but never get into a conversation about all the wealth redistribution that goes on in America? Wow. All the the sending around your tax money to this group and that group and that sort of stuff. Just never. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that Republicans I hang around talk about. Well, the nature of the safety net, sure. Is it a safety net or is it a hammock? Yeah, all um, that. Why? Where have all the workers gone? That's something we talk about a lot. The Wall Street Journal talks about a lot. It's something Republicans uh, talk about. But you pointed out earlier, and, and I about went nuts, A, because you're so right, and B, because it hadn't clicked in my head. They didn't get into the woke indoctrination in America's government schools, which which I believe, and I'm not being hyperbolic here, I think it is the... The societal cultural uh, battle of our generations, of our time, anybody listening right now who's a grown man or woman, um, that battle for will the kids be indoctrinated into radical gender theory in schools or will they not could be the biggest battle of our time. And they didn't even mention it last night. They had some... 14-year-old saying, climate change is going to kill me. Which one of you candidates want me to die? And then Brett and Martha said, show of hands, who wants the poor young man to die? (laughs) It was absolutely the low moment in the debate. Quick question. Why is my son playing bass drum in drumline this year? Hmm... Do I get a hint? Is it his choice or the director's? It's the director's choice. Because he's big and strong enough to carry it. He's the only middle schooler big enough to carry the bass drum. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that's the way it worked. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just, I, I, I was not in the drum line. I was a, a tubist, so I played the uh, sousaphone. I ought to retell that story someday. Um. Uh, but I was a trombone player, and, and my best buddy on the golf team played tuba. So one day in band rehearsal, I wandered over there. I grabbed a tuba out of the storeroom, sat down next to him. I said, how do you play those notes? And he said, that note's this valve, that note's that valve. And halfway through rehearsal, the band director looked at me and said, what are you doing? I said, playing the tuba. He said, <laughs> all right. <laughs> and I began my career as a tuba player. Really? Yeah. Yeah, and I'm not bragging anything. I'm a reasonably quick study at music, and I got pretty good pretty fast. But then, come time to be in the marching band, I had to carry that damn giant, twisty, it's called a sousaphone tuba thing around. Um, and yeah, you, 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 there are very few 105-pound girls playing the sousaphone. Or the bass drum. Or the bass drum, right. right. Yeah. So you enjoying it so far? It was day one last night, so uh, yeah. yeah. I think it'll be cool. He doesn't really understand. I had, I had to show him some videos of like, because they're... You know, there's a lot of cool drumline stuff. Oh, yes. Oh, you see those uh, national competitions, the college competitions? It's one of the coolest things you'll you'll ever see. Yeah, very, very good. Dancing and gyrating and choreographing and, and, and meanwhile, unleashing great music. Yeah. Got a lot more extracurriculars going this year for both my kids. Uh, there's a pretty, pretty well-known tie between extracurriculars and not ruining your life, isn't there? Heck, yeah. Oh, 100%. Part of it's just being busy. Right. Absolutely. Uh, have there ever been truer words spoken than idle hands or the devil's playthings? Absolutely. I know they are for me. Yeah. The being busy. 
So are you going to be at band practice or or tennis practice or play practice, or are you going to be just driving around with your friends? <laughs> you know, you know where that goes. <laughs> Especially if you well, do it all the time. As you know, as a young man, I was so fascinated by Japanese taxation that I spent most of my time reading about Pregnant that. Pregnant and drunk is where it goes. Wow. Pregnant and high. That would be surprising in my case, but I see your point, I believe. So we badmouthed AI and chat GPT earlier, came across this headline just a little bit ago, scientific breakthrough. A woman at 30 who lost her ability to talk after a stroke now at age 48 with electrodes attached to her head and the amazing ability of AI to solve a gazillion problems in a second, they're able to translate her brain signals into speech. So she's able to speak for the first time since she is 30. Holy cats, as a guy who makes his living that way, uh, that's interesting. Yeah. So, the, you know, we, we I, I do feel like uh, I, maybe it's just me, I've focused too much on the negative aspects of AI and how it's going to ruin the world. And it may. But there mm. are some amazing things it can do also. Yeah, I, I would say if you are not moved by the idea of a stroke victim or, a, you know, mouth cancer victim or whatever, being able to communicate verbally or a... Uh, are some of those scientific advances in the paralyzed being able to move their limbs and use their limbs and, and hold hands with their spouse? Good Lord, I can hardly get that out without tearing up. Um, you have a hard, hard heart indeed. We will end up being the food of our robot overlords someday. Not precisely sure why they need to eat us, but they will. Um, and then I mentioned the other day, I came across two stories within an hour of each other. One, that uh, artificial intelligence had... Uh, achieved spectacular success in identifying the four different kinds of Parkinson's disease. Wow. And I didn't even know there were, and, and my my mom and my grandfather both died from complications of Parkinson's, so I'm rather interested in the topic. But then an hour later, I came across the article I shared uh, yesterday, I guess it was, two days ago, this author who flipped you know, she clicked on Amazon. There were not one, not two, but four books allegedly written by her that she didn't write mm. that were produced by AI, chat, GPT, whatever it was. So, you know, it's I think it's going to be a wild, woolly, fascinating and probably terrifying double edged sword next month. <laughs> right. Because it ain't like, you know, 20 years from now. It's not like the Industrial Revolution that began in 1910 and was fully underway by fall of that year. I mean, <laughs> right. yeah, great, Scott. Human beings are not made for this much change. No. And then finally, uh, we've spent a lot of time on this topic. Prince Harry's new thicker hair. Mm. And what happened there? Have you been following this back and forth? Uh, no. He was thinning on top as he is now 38 years old. Oh, I was picturing the ginger who was married to that obnoxious actor chick. We're, we're talking that's about who the, we're talking about, Prince Harry. Harry? Yes. Oh, right. Will is, is the the prince. Still, he's a prince, and he is bald. Good, anyway, good looking, annoying Harry. Back to and his, not so Harry. Good looking, annoying Harry, and his good looking, annoying wife traveling around the world, having press conferences to tell people to stop paying so much attention to them. Right. Um, his hair is starting to thin, or it looked like it was, and all of a sudden it's really thick and shaggy. And uh, everybody's been trying to figure out what happened there. And the New York Post story was Prince Harry very likely using this $40 product to thicken his hair, according to experts. Hmm. Or is it the Rogaine? So there's just a $40 product you can get out there to thicken your hair. I should have looked into that. It's a little late. 
See, I had. If you're gonna do something with your hair, you got to do it while it's going away. You can pull it off. I can't walk into work with a thick head of hair at this point, and then just no. hope nobody says anything. You almost have to have like an incredibly patient bit by bit approach. How and would I don't you, know how, how would that you, would work. But. If I wanted to get hair, like, a, did you see the pictures I posted of me in the wig on Twitter a while back? Yes. Yes. I bought a pretty good wig at a wig store for for Halloween. My kids thought oh. it was hilarious. <laughs> I was going to say, why? <laughs> it, was, it was a costume store. And yeah. uh, I just put it on and thought it was so funny, and it was it was on sale, so it was normally like 50 bucks, and I got it for 20 or something. Anyway, it's the best wig I'd ever put on. It was pretty funny. But I thought, wow, wow it looks good enough that I'll bet if you spent like 1000 bucks and they measured your head and all that sort of stuff, it looked pretty real. But how would, if you've never seen me before, I'm a bald man. Um, uh, uh, His head is beshaven. How would... You, there's no transitioning, really. Oh, I got this for you. Totally have it for you. You wear a hat every day. Okay? Then one day, you're wearing a hat, and there's a little hair poking out. But nobody really notices. <laughs> I don't think that would work. I think you, I think you have to. I think, you, I think you almost have to. Like, if you're a boss or something, you could call, like, an all-staff meeting, I'd say. I, and then you just say, look, I've got hair now. So, like... Not to, like, you don't have to, like, wink and nod and giggle or talk behind my back or whatever. I have hair now. I'm going to have hair from here. Yes, it's a wig, obviously. I mean, yeah. do you do that or do you just say I like the and- way I look better. If I hear any jokes, you'll be looking for work. Well, I don't even know about that. I just say it, that's fine to make jokes. But, like, should I send around an email to everybody if I did that? Look, I, I'm, I'm going to show up Monday with a full head of hair. It's on purpose. It's real. It's just a decision I've made. I, mean, I, I don't even know how you'd approach it. It's like it's like if you're going to be sunglasses indoors guy. Do you just all of a sudden do it, or do you ease into it, or do you send around a me- email, or I don't know what you do. I'm telling you, if you go with the hat over the wig for <laughs> six months, by the time you take off the hat, people will have forgotten that previously there was no hair poking out from your hat. Sure. Three months bald with a hat. <laughs> Six months bald with a wig, then you unleash the wig. People won't say a word. (laughs) Try it. Trust me. All right. We will finish strong next. Armstrong and Getty. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. 
We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. It's going to be the mugshot scene around the world. If they actually do a mugshot with Trump today, it'll be on the front page of every newspaper practically in the world. Which I think is a reason not to do the mugshot since it's not necessary for the reasons that mugshots exist. Well, and it's just so jivey in that this is the fourth indictment and we get it. We get it. So you got a picture. I know what the dude looks like. I know he was indicted. I know he's fingerprinted. I don't need to see a picture. But I don't know. Maybe I'm not quite the uh, clickbait prone average reader of the average website. I get both sides of the argument. The other side of the argument is what? So sparing him the embarrassment or the reminder that to people that he's been indicted because he has been. Um, oh, yeah. Well, I hear you. I just, I don't what see other any people, reason to look at it. What other people do you think shouldn't get their mug shots taken? I mean, yeah, so. Oh, yeah, that's a perfectly good argument. I have put several thousand dollars down with a British bookie, betting that he will smile in his mugshot. I think he will, too. Or does he go with, like, a determined, I'm going to take on the world look, like a captain on the bow of his ship? Could be, or he could go with the Rudy Giuliani, dimly aware of what's happening look. (laughs) I don't know what that was. (laughs) No, not that one. I couldn't love that more. That's so good. That is fantastic. Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. Hey, let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew to wrap the show up for the day. There he is, our technical director, Michelangelo. Michael, final thought. My mission is to learn chat GPT. I've got to learn it inside and out. No doubt about it. Yeah, it, it, it absolutely is the sort of thing. Look, you're going to be, you're going to need to do it at work or home or something. So get in front of it. I don't know why. For some reason, I find it off-putting. I find it a step into the abyss. Anyway, Katie Green, our esteemed newswoman, has a final thought. Katie, and my goal is to manipulate Chat GT, Chat GPT. Once I can say it properly. That, I know there's got to be a loophole. That guy had it pro- profess its love for him. We can find our way in. <laughs> Keep working at it. Make it say something abhorrent. It'll be worth the effort. Uh, Jack, a final thought. I don't actually plan on getting a wig, but I was wondering if I did decide to wear a wig, how I would work it into my life or whatever. We got this text said, I used to work with a guy that would wear his wig sometimes, but not others. <laughs> <laughs> now that's an approach. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how you react to that be like an article of clothing i I guess guess. my final thought is that jack and i have volunteered to host the 2028 republican debates we will not approach it like we're liberal journalists we'll ask questions about things conservatives want to hear about and we'll cut off people's damn mics when it's not their time to speak 
So bullying doesn't win the day. And being rude. How good are your ideas, chum? Stop shouting over the poor lady. Right. So when Kanye West is debating Hulk Hogan in the 2028 Republican... <laughs> yeah. Hoping Justin Timberlake drops out of the race. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people who thank so little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. The hot links are there. All sorts of great clicks. You can drop us an email. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Pick up some A&G swag. What's your grab a t-shirt? See you tomorrow. God bless America. Armstrong and Getty. We have an opportunity, and I'll end it on a good note. No! Do you understand? I cannot understand the word you're saying. Come on. I do think it risks escalating tensions. Well, don't smoke crack. That's ludicrous, right? And so grotesque. So let's go out with a bang. But let's throw the boy in jail who said to poop word. <laughs> God, what a stupid society we have. Stupid, <laughs> stupid, stupid. On that high note, thank you all very much. Armstrong and Getty. Grand Canyon University, an affordable private Christian university, is one of the largest and fastest growing universities in the country, offering more than 270 programs online. In addition to federal grants and aid, GCU's online students received nearly $130 million in institutional scholarships in 2022. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu slash myoffer to see the scholarships you may qualify for. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.